0: Kids ever worn you out? Have you ever been to the absolute uh, end of yourself? Have they just driven you to the brink of frustration and you just kind of feel like, forget it. you know my kids you know I think that's how kids do it. Sometimes they sort of wear us out right. they, they ask and they ask and they ask and they ask and finally you just go, "I don't care, you know, go ahead and salve sixteen bowls of lucky charms. I' see if I care you know, And I think it's a really common thing that we face as parents. Hey, this is Heidi St. John, you guys. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today, I'm gonna be talking about a king who won the battle but lost the war. So if you are uh, if you are near your Bible, go ahead and open it up to the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings 1, verses one through nine. If not, maybe you can just write this down, or you can always come back and listen to it later. But this is an important reminder for us as parents because I think in the day-to-day of parenting, particularly, Uh, you know, um, as your kids uh, enter different seasons of life, as you enter different seasons of life, we can become weary in doing good. And the Bible warns us about that, right? The Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. Wow, that's a great verse for those of us who are kind of in the front lines of a culture war right now. Um, God is saying, don't grow weary uh, in doing good because in due season, you will reap a reward if you don't give up. Up if you don't give up. Hey, before I continue today, I want to just remind you that this uh, podcast is listener supported. We are listener supported. If you are encouraged by what you're hearing, there is a link in the show notes uh, to a way that you can support Firmly Planted Family, which is the nonprofit organization that makes this podcast possible. So if you uh, are interested in doing that, please uh, go back to the show notes today and click on that link. We would love it if you would support this ministry. Every uh, bit of monthly support. That we receive goes toward uh, the production of this podcast and toward paying the staff that um, Make the images and mix it down and all those things and we really need your support Also, if you haven't taken time yet to leave a review for us at itunes We would greatly appreciate that you can just go on go over uh, to itunes and search for the busy mom podcast and rate it uh, rate rate the podcast Um, If you've got show ideas, we'd love to hear them. You can email us, podcast at thebusymom.com. You guys have heard me uh, by now. We are well into over our 300th episode of this podcast. It airs every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for about 15 minutes. And my goal is really just to encourage this generation of parents toward walking closely with the Lord because God has his heart and his eyes on this generation. Nothing that's happening around us right now is surprising to the Lord. And even though we sometimes feel like we may be losing the war, God says, nope, at the end of the day, he's gonna win this thing. We know who's gonna win it, right? We are destined as children of God. Uh, To come out on top of this thing and our job in the meantime between now and when the lord comes back Is to speak of his love and his mercy and his faithfulness and his goodness It's to not grow weary in doing good And so today i'm just going to talk a little bit about big picture parenting and i'm going to use King david as an example. I love the psalms. I love to read the psalms. I love um, David's heart before the lord. The bible says that david Uh, was a man after God's own heart. And here's this guy, he had some pretty serious problems, right? I mean, adultery and murder being chief among them. And David paid a pretty heavy price for his sin against the Lord in those areas, not the least of which was the death of one of his children. But now we are in a little bit later into David's life and through the Psalms, you can see David. This is why I love him so much. One minute he's just like, yes, Lord, I praise you. Thank you, you're awesome and wonderful and your, your deeds are known among the nations. And the next minute he's like, God, why have you forsaken me? I hate being here, kill me, you know? And I think, wow. Eve is just like me. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm just like, what the heck? Why am I even trying? I feel that way with parenting. I feel that way with homeschooling. Sometimes I feel that way in my marriage. And I think, man, that is how the enemy gets to us, right? He wears us down. So let's let's take a look at David now in his old age. David's an old man, and he's getting ready uh, to die, actually, in 1 Kings. This is kind of where this. we're gonna pick it up right there. 1 Kings chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 9. This is an interesting story, and uh, I'm gonna just read it to you straight out of the Bible. So you ready? Here we go. King David was now very old, and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. So his advisors told him, let us find a young virgin to wait on you and look after you, my Lord. She will lie in your arms and keep you warm. Now I gotta tell you guys, right? There are some things in the Bible that I just don't understand. There are lots of things, actually, that I'm just like, hmm, and I kind of shake my head and go, okay, this is one of those things. You know, I, I love my husband to pieces, but I don't care if he's 100 years old. As long as I'm still alive, uh, if he's cold, ain't no way I want someone to go grab a young virgin to lay in his arms and keep them warm. <laughs> so right away, we had kind of an interesting, the Bible's painting an interesting scenario, and, the, and you'll see the reason why in just a minute. So starting in verse 3, it says, So they searched throughout the land of Israel for a beautiful girl, and they found Abishag from Shunem, and they brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she looked after the king and took care of him, but the king had no sexual relations with her. All right, verse five, about that time, David's son, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting, I will make myself king, all right? So now Adonijah, who knows that he is not in line to the throne, by the way, is saying, I'm gonna make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run out in front of him. 50 stupid men, I should just add, right? Because, well, I'll get back to this in a minute. Verse six, now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? Adonijah had been born next after Absalom, and he was very handsome. Adonijah took Joab, son of Zariah and Abithar, the priest, into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become king. Now, this was against what he knew to be right. So keep in mind, now he's taking these, these two guys, uh, he's taking them into the confidence of the priest, and even the priest has agreed to help him. But Zadok, the priest, Benanias son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, and David's personal bodyguard, refused to support Adonijah. So Check this out for a second. Adonijah, who is about ready to uh, basically make a run for the throne when he knows that it is, that is not his father's desire and it is not his place, is demonstrating that he lacked two things. The first thing that he lacked, David's son, Adonijah, the first thing that Adonijah lacked was true friends. Go back for a minute with me to verse five. It says, about that time, David's son, Adonijah, who, uh, whose mother was Haggith, began boasting, I will make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited fifty men to run in front of him. Here this, this kid, this young man, is making a conscious decision to defy the will of his father and to make himself king. And we see just by going to the next verse in verse six it says, Now his father, King David, who would never disciplined in him any time, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, Why are you doing that? David was not a discerning man for all of the things that David did in his life that were right and there were many he also did many things that were not only wrong but they were wicked in the sight of the Lord and one of the main things that David did wrong in his life was to refuse to discipline his children he refused to discipline his children he didn't even want to he didn't even want to inconvenience them not upset them by asking them why are you doing that and ultimately David lost the war for his children there was nothing but chaos in David's family partly because of his lack of discernment as a father. So Adonijah lacked two things. He lacked a true, uh, true friends, right? Because you could see in verse five, he recruited these 50 guys to run behind him. And that's why I said they, they were idiots because you would think that one of them, at some point, one of his friends, if they were really his friends, would have said, dude, this is a bad idea. Like, if you talked to your father about this? Does your dad know that you're making a run for the, for the, uh, the throne? And uh, apparently none of his friends uh, cared about David enough. To tell him, David, this is going to get you in trouble. This is going to hurt you. Now, this there's so you can draw so many parallels from this story, but I think this is the same thing that's happening in the culture today. So many. I watched a video, and I'll I'll try to find it, link back to it. Uh, it's a really powerful video of a man who uh, went through the the um, transgender uh, transition, and he became a woman. And now, in his late uh, 70s, has transitioned back to be. He became a Christian. And one of the things that he said that I thought was so interesting and his testimony is riveting. It's powerful and riveting and I hope that you'll watch. But one of the things I thought that stood out more than anything else that he said was that he wondered where his friends were. He said, I guess I didn't have any true friends. Nobody loved me enough to take a chance that I might be upset with them by saying to me, man, I understand that you're struggling, but this is not the answer. This is, this is not gonna help you. This isn't gonna help you. And David's son, Adonijah, also lacked true friends. The Bible says that a companion of fools suffers harm. And we are certainly seeing that in the culture today. If you wanna love somebody, tell them the truth. Tell them lovingly, but tell them the truth and don't be deceived yourself. Adonijah lacked two things. He lacked a true friend, he lacked true friend, and then he also lacked a true father, because a true father would discipline his son. The Bible says that God disciplines us. Why? Because he loves us. You guys, we only have a short time to mold the hearts and souls of our children. Just in the same way that a baby is born, you know, I've had the privilege of holding seven newborn infants in my arms, and Uh, Any of you who uh, are familiar with newborns, and I'm sure the vast majority of you are, you know that there's a soft spot on their head. Why? Because when a baby is born through a birth canal, the head needs to be able to to um, fit through the birth canal, and so those bones are not yet fused together, so that 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 head is flexible. But in uh, not too much, not too many months will go by, and those plates in the top of the head will fuse together in order to protect the brain. They fuse together, and then they don't they don't come back apart again, right? Souls are very much the same way. Parents have a small window of time in which to mold the souls of their children. The Bible teaches us that we are supposed to be using God's word as the plumb line and teaching our children how to discern what is happening around them based on the word of God. So in other words, we filter everything that we hear through the grid of scripture. And a good parent, a true father, is going to be doing that with our children. Sometimes that means we discipline them. Is it it fun? No. In fact, the Bible teaches us that all discipline is painful, but in the end, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, and that's what we want in uh, the lives of our children. We can actually uh, win a battle. So sometimes we think winning the battle is just giving in to our kids, and there is a, there are times for that, right? I'm not saying you know never get tired and throw your kids you know 16 Veggie videos and go take a nap. I get it, but I'm saying when that becomes your M.O., when that becomes your habit, if your kids have worn you out so much that they're getting everything they ask for because they argue and you give it to them and they stop pestering you, well, you've won the battle, right? But I guarantee you, you'll lose the war. The Bible says we've got to be disciplining our children. We need to be able to discern what a battle is versus what a war is. So for example, a battle in parenting might be um, over a hairstyle, right? Your your 13 or 14 year old kid says, you know, I'd really like to do this, whatever, purple streak through my hair. I just don't know that that's a hill worth dying on, right? Sometimes the battle is a parenting technique. We'll hear from somebody, well, you gotta do it this way. That's not necessarily true. What we've gotta do is win the war. And the war is for the hearts and mind of our children. The war is over salvation essentials. The war is over whether or not we are gonna allow the Lord to truly be the Lord of our lives. We talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, letting the Lord actually come in and be the Lord of our life rather than just the Lord of a certain area of our life, be the Lord of our whole life. We are um, being asked to make conscious decisions to show our children what right priorities are. And parents, as as the the, uh, the two people, a mom and dad, or a single mom, or a single dad, your responsibility for your children, your God-given responsibility, is to discipline them when they need it, to love them absolutely unconditionally, to tell them the truth all the time. Someone asked me the other day, in a rather harsh tone, uh, you know, you don't have, you have no idea what you're talking about. What would you do if your child came out to you and said that they felt like they were a girl uh, on the inside? Well, I'll tell you what I, you know, years and years ago, one of our children wanted to be, uh, the opposite sex. And we did not mock that child. We didn't, we didn't, we also didn't panic, right? We loved that child, but we told that child the truth. We were like, oh, I know that you want to be so-and-so, but actually you're not. You are who God made you to be. And that's who we want you to be. We want you to be who God wants you to be. And you know what, you guys? Your kids are gonna come to you with all kinds, all manner of uh, of ideas and all manner of struggles. And your job is to disseminate truth to that child, to tell them the truth, even when it hurts. And sometimes it does. But the Bible teaches us that Adonijah was lost. And eventually, if you go on to read the rest of that story, it's 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 really, it gets even worse, it's very sad. But David lost the battle for the heart and mind of his child for because of his refusal to discipline him, because of his refusal to tell that child the truth. And we've got to learn as parents, what is a battle? What are the things that are worth going? Okay, we're not gonna die on this hill. And what is the war? I'm gonna remind you again, the war is for the hearts and minds of your kids. It's for issues of salvation. It's teaching your children what righteousness looks like and what lordship is looked like. Strong families, you know, I hear this all the time. Our families aren't strong anymore. Listen, you want your family to be strong? Strong families are rooted in Christ. They're firmly planted in the word of God and they are fearless for the Lord. Matthew 7:25. I'm going to end with this verse today and I hope that it um it resonates in your head all day long as you think about what God's doing in your family. Matthew 7:25. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. I'll see you back here next time at the Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.